Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Tonight we're going to have a conversation from Genesis, the 11th chapter. Genesis, the 11th chapter. We're going to begin from the first verse. The Bible says that the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they hard for mortar. Slime is bitumen. Right? And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower. A city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. And the Bible says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men had built in. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language, and this they begin to do. Now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. God let us now down and there confound their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build a city. Therefore it is the name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. From hence did the Father scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. So we see the children of Israel of course, we have gone past the flood era. You see, Noah has built a ark. There's a flood. And then the whole world is destroyed because of the rebellion against God. And then through that, there's a son who laughs at his nakedness. And in there, there's a curse pronounced unto him and his children's children. And in that lineage is a gentleman called Nimrod. Nimrod, in fact, the Hebrew word Nimrod means the rebellious one, right? And so this in biblical history is the man known as the son of Cush. He's a man known as one who brings back demonic worship in the earth. In fact, in Genesis 10, 8, the Bible says he began to be a mighty one in the earth. Now the word began to be a mighty one it's translated as he began to have a certain distinctive influence over the earth. But Nimrod was not doing that under the power of God, but he was doing it under another power. I wish I had time to explain to you how Nimrod and what he represents because you can see that trace up to now you can understand the rebellion that is at work in the hearts of men. Anyways, it's through his leadership as king, the children of Israel start to, you know, go far and far away from the will and purposes of God. And it's in that 
respect that one day they decide and say, let us build ourselves a city and a tower and that will go up to the heavens, that we might make ourselves a name. Now, I studied this story in many, many facets of it, referring to different texts, ancient, one of which is the book of Jasher. And all of these texts seem to agree. In fact, when you go back to read the ancient text, you'll see that the story really was that in the spirit at work, what you might call a Nephilim spirit, Nimrod had a Nephilim spirit. You see, when the sons of God, which the angelics came and copulated with the daughters of the sons of men, you remember the story, they produced certain beings, giants in the earth, you see? So these giants were partly flesh as they were from the daughters of men, but they were also spirit in some sense because they were sons of God that begat them. So in the flood, those souls, that spiritual part of those beings, those spirits, do not go to heaven. So they stay on the earth, and because they are of the fallen kind, they are what we call the Nephilim spirits. So Nimrod has a Nephilim spirit. He has a spirit of rebellion on him, and he wants to set himself against the way of God. And it's through that that many of the people are both influenced and corrupted by the spirits of darkness operating in his kingdom. So it's through that that the children of Israel now decide and say, no, let's build something that will go up to the sky. But the ancient texts tell us that the purpose was to build a tower to go up to heaven so that they can find the God of heaven and overtake, overcome, defeat him, throw him off the earth so they can build a kingdom in the heavens by that way, they'll be protected from the sons of men and all their enemies because they'll have the highest altar. And plus, their name is great. They'll exalt themselves above the name of God, the same way certain things. Are you following? So that's the mindset they have. That let us build some that will get to where this God is. We will get to him, overcome him, defeat him. In fact, in one account, they're building, but they have you know, weapons with them says that when they get to heaven and perhaps find this guy, they can start warring. Wherever, at whatever point they should meet each other, they want to conquer and then get their gods up there to sit so they can rule the earth. It's funny, right? Yeah, but they thought, they thought about one, they did not know the God of Abraham as in Jacob. Satan is the author of all confusion. He can confuse a man to do anything. He was at work in there. He's thinking, I think I can build something and get there. You see? So that's what's behind. So the Bible says God came from heaven and came down to see what they were doing. Of course, for us, it's important to understand that because when the Bible says the Lord came down to see, he didn't just leap to see, he came down to see the city and the tower. It shows you how far they were from God. He came down. You see, it's like he sees them do something and says, okay, let me come down. He has to come down to see exactly what they're trying to do. You see? Now, the Bible says, as we have heard in Scripture, God is troubled that these people are one language and they are one speech and therefore nothing they imagine 
shall be restrained from them. Nothing. That means, according to God, it was possible for them to build from wherever they were on the earth to get to him. They could build it. It's within the power of man to do it. Or, let me say it deeply, it's within the power of man to build anything he can imagine if he has the language and speech for it. How much power has God given the sons of men? He says, let's go down and confound them. Because if we don't confound them, they will build it. God just did not laugh and say, ha, you're far. No, even though they are far, he respects the fact that they can actually build it to him. Now let's first understand what that means. Let me give some of us a picture because nobody can actually tell you the distance between here to where the heavens of God's dwelling are. But no scientist can give us that. But let's go to what the scientists have discovered so far. Let's have a discussion on what scientists have discovered so far. Now, there are atmospheric layers. The world has atmospheric layers, right? The earth has atmospheric layers. So the first layer, for example, from the earth's surface to up to about 8 to 12 kilometers is the first layer. It's called the troposphere. That's where all oxygen exists. All your clouds are, the mountains, Everest, and all of these things where humanity has life and a home. They're in the what you call the what? The troposphere. We're all functioning there. That's where everything that we're doing, you're having babies from, all of that, you're in that, you know, realm. Now, from about there, like I said, about eight, nine kilometers into about 12 kilometers, the next level begins, and that is the stratosphere. The stratosphere goes from that level to about 50 kilometers higher from the Earth's surface. Now, I want you to follow. Of course, below there, slightly above the troposphere, where our commercial planes or flights take place. Our flights go between 30,000 to 40,000 feet. So that's where you go. So from about that 50-kilometer distance from the Earth, above the stratosphere is the mesosphere. And the mesosphere is about 85 kilometers from the Earth. It's where you see the meteorites, right? The meteors. It's about 85 kilometers. And then above that, you have the thermosphere. But within that thermosphere space, the international space agencies have all agreed that from about 100 kilometers from the face of the Earth is what they call the end of the Earth into space. When you say, I'm going to space, that's 100 kilometers away from the Earth. So probably you'll ask yourself the question, how did they know that that's where it ends? No, it had to end from somewhere. One man said, <laughs> you understand, it's called a common line. Right? So you have the thermosphere, and that goes up to about 1,000 kilometers. And then from there, you have the exosphere, which goes up to 190,000 kilometers away from the Earth. Then you have the moon, which is about 386,000 kilometers from the Earth. But that's not where God dwells. And yet God said, if they imagine it, they'll get to me. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? He said, if they imagine it, they will get to me. Think about it. 
If they imagine it, they will get to me. They have a language, they have a speech for it, and they have the imagination. If they can imagine it with their language and speech, they will get to me. They'll get to the heavens. Just for a moment, imagine how much power God has given you. How much power God has given human beings. And these, remember, are fallen. They don't have a relationship with God. They are against and opposed to the way and will of God. Look at what has happened in the past 150 years of human inventions and science. Men have gone to the moon. Right now as I'm speaking, people can send camera feed and right here on the earth, we have an eye to the moon. 300,000 kilometers away, they can communicate and send us images real time. Are you seeing what I'm saying? What are the satellites doing up there? They have explored, left the earth, went through the ozone layer. They've gone out there seeing things that many of us would never have even dreamed of to go. But human beings have gone there, gone far. We don't know how far they've gone, but they've gone so far. And they're still going. Recently, I saw, uh, you know, I'm a voracious reader, so I like to know those things. Why? Because it's amazing that somebody's thinking beyond the normal human beings. Eh? <laughs> like, you know, they're so switched off that they see things that the normal human being who walks this earth carrying their bag to work even has no clue. So they're designing some little small gadgets, eh? nano gadgets that they're going to be able to throw up in the sky and they're going to rotate and go if they have to go millions of kilometers away they can and still send back information. How are they going to do that? I cannot explain to you because I'm not a scientist. I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. But they're doing it. They're imagining something and they're doing it. They're trying to get through gates to access higher dimensions. They're discovering planets. They're discovering places that people cannot imagine that a human being could ever go. But they're going somewhere. They're going somewhere. Wormhole, whatever. We're hearing things. We're hearing things. But to imagine that this was given to a son of man. Sometimes we underestimate what they are able to do, what the sons of men are able to do. They've dug under the grounds. Who told them where the oil was and the gases? And they went so deep and they get it out and they're warming their homes with the same gas. They're running their engines and their industries with the same oil. They've gone as far to the ends of the earth. They've gotten all the earth minerals, rare and otherwise. They've done a lot. Look at the inventions in science and technology. Look at what men are doing right now in medicine. They're creating small little robots that are going to be programmed and instructed to enter your body and go and start looking for disease and kill it. They have an intellect they have a mind that is working, a robot, small little thing that you might not be able to see with your eyes. But they're programming that same thing to go inside you and heal somebody. How? How do they do that? By what wisdom do they do that? But it is given to the sons of men. At 
one point, it was amazing that somebody would be using a microphone that has no wire attached to it. Who knew how the waves move? At one point, it was impossible to connect to somebody 10 or 5 kilometers away, except you walked there. Now, you just go on your phone and have a Zoom call with somebody thousands and thousands of kilometers away, real time. Now, holographic images are coming through. Many things, guys are doing things that sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, where is my Christian? <laughs> where is the Ribadako Barate Baradatang speaking, spirit-filled, fire-spitting, demon-chasing, managa? They're doing so much. In every area of life, they're doing so much. Sometime I was watching a video of uh, how they're building yeah, construction. And then you look at a bridge and how it's connecting different chasms and the science and engineering that they need to build such a building over water, over all manner of topography. And they're building things and they're not only beautiful, but you go back and ask, how did the guy even think to connect this to that with the right science? The trucks are going through anything, is going through, and they're standing. Men have built things. Men have built things. The internet. What can I say? Now we're talking about artificial intelligence. Augmented reality, virtual reality, internet of things, so they call it. So, where is the believer? And they're doing this, mark you, with the wisdom God gave human beings. Human beings. It's all in the power of man. So, do not underestimate what a man is able to think, create, or imagine. Don't underestimate. Because like we're seeing the physical science and everything related to that, there is a spiritual version of that kind of wisdom that exists. And of some, there's an influence of fallen angels teaching these things, from these sons of men, forbidden wisdoms. How can a man sit and create a nerve agent? It's like water. But they put it in your face and in 10 minutes you're not breathing and you're gone. It has no taste, it has no smell no color, but they put it on your face in 10 minutes, you cannot breathe and you're gone. Who sat in the lab to even think it? Would it shock you that some of the diseases or many of the diseases that are in the world were actually made in a lab? We don't want to go there because we want to avoid the semantics of conspiracy, but think for a moment what human beings have created. They could not fly Against the law of gravity, they invented their flights and their airplanes went in the air. They understood how the winds are balanced and now you take a flight with comfort. They actually tell you the most comfortable means of transportation is air. But somebody thought it. And much as we're appreciating, we're playing with whatever, there's the group in the world, one end, thinking to create for you and the other group that is just waiting to receive whatever creations will come and the consequences of those creations. 
But back to the point, nothing that they imagine to do will be restrained from them. That means God has created a universal law that would not allow man to be restrained from the power of invention and creativity if that man has a certain imagination, a distinctive language and speech for the things he sees. Wow! Times two. Wow! A million times. Wow! Infinity. Think about it. Now, I'm still dealing with a Christian who doesn't know a way around getting rent. They're struggling. They don't know what to do because they don't have rent. Yet if you enter that brain, listen, remember, he said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Is it not? He says, and let them have dominion because they have an image and likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth let them have dominion let them have dominion let them be above anything humanity was created to be above anything that your eyes can see that's an ability it's in there it's in it whether you feel it, whether you understand it or not, it's within a man to have dominion over anything you see in the world, including the air you see. Everything, we have power over it. The things under the earth, we have power over it. The things under, in the water, we have power over them. The things in the sky, we have power over them. We have power over them. And God has said, you just need to know how to imagine and the language and speech that comes with that reconciliation. So it's not talking about the language and speech without the imagination. Neither is it enough to have an imagination without the language and speech for it. He's saying that you must marry these three. They're simultaneous. They must work together like, you know, the cogs of a machine. One is moving to help the other move. And he's saying that can I get you to a place where you can imagine what you want to imagine? And can I give you a language for that thing? Because it's the science that creates that thing. And the speech for it, that is the interpretation of that language. Now, remember these were fallen men. These were men that were against God walking under darkness and the influence of the evil one, Satan. Now fast forward and see God with us, Emmanuel, the mystery of the new birth and salvation. That Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And when we talk about that seeking and saving that which was lost, Many of us only think about the issue of sin. And yet there are people who are living very righteous lives, yet they're not going to heaven because they have not confessed the Lordship of Jesus. But I thank God that Luke 19.10 says, the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? What was lost? 
what was lost. See, when man is disconnected from God, like I've read for us in Genesis 11, and still can do that, let's imagine for a minute what man can do with God. Ah, now you see. That's why he says with man that's not possible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Recently I was praying with a lady who lost a child. Sad story. And she says, oh, my womb was removed. And I said, then let's pray for your womb and another child. Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? A couple of months before I'd met one, another lady I know, she's not born again, though. I said, hey, you don't have children? I said, no. Why don't we pray for you to have children? I said, oh, you know, they removed my womb. I wanted to provoke her, but the Spirit told me, not now. Not now. I'll create an opportunity for you. But you see, she says, no, there's no way we can pray to have a child because we don't have the womb. You see? That's where many believers are. That's where many believers are. How can I do this if this is not there? How can I have this if this is not there? How can I walk here? Listen, when you read scripture here, in light to what I'm sharing, did God submit the ability for you to perform a thing by what you have in your body, what your eyes can see, what the atmosphere can give or what the present circumstances can afford? No, it's not in the realm of the creative power God has given us. Hey! Now we're having a conversation of living above men. Yet it's enough to appreciate what God is able to do through what he gave man. He, he says, <laughs> who is man? Who is man? He says, you are so mindful of him. You visit him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And the Bible says, and you have put all things under his feet. We're not talking about the sons of God. No, we're talking about just the sons of men. You have put all things under his feet. All. That means that he has power over anything to command and speak to it, and it can be so. Who is man? So what is cancer? What is a crippled bone? What is a blind eye? What is a deaf ear? What is that? That's so small. That's so small. That's why when Jesus is bringing back what was lost, he's bringing back a certain relationship of man with God before the fall, but in a higher nature. You see? We're not restored back to the Adamic only. <laughs> because when Adam was deceived by the devil, he did not know that he was being deceived. You see? Now, the mystery of the new birth is we have an unction from on high that knoweth all things. So we're not the kind that can be deceived like the first Adamic. 
we are restored in relationship like the first Adamic, but in a higher nature and life. Somebody shout hallelujah. So how much more are we able to create? Why is the world the way it's looking? Why is your home the way it's looking? Why is your ministry looking the way it's looking? Why is your business and career as stuck as it is? Why do you think so? Is it God's will for you to be that way? Is it that he programmed you that way and he defined your life around those circumstances and said, this is how you're going to live and die? Is that what you think God has made you be? No. He has given you all imagination and the language and speech for you to be able to create it. For the Bible says, for as he thinketh, so is he. Not so will he be. Not so can he be. Not so shall she become. He says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are where you're thinking. You are where you're thinking in your body. You are where you're thinking in your marital destiny. You are where you're thinking in your ministry. You are where you're thinking in your children. You are where you're thinking. You are where you're thinking. You are what you are thinking. You can't go beyond. Because God has given us the condition. What do you imagine? Whatever your heart has been thinking over the years has brought you this far. So if you find that you're insufficient financially, insufficient mentally, insufficient, you know, health-wise, whatever insufficiency you see on your life, it is a product of your creation. Whatever limitation is on you right now is a product of your limitation. Not necessarily how the world deals with you. In fact, creation is groaning for your manifestation. There's something in the air saying, but why don't you show forth who you really are? Okay, he went down, the Bible says, and confounded their language. And from then on, the earth was what? Different nations and different language. The earth was split in different language and speech. Men started to speak different languages because he knew if we communicated easily, would do something. Now, 2021, and the languages of men converging now, Google Translator, and many other things. Computers are reconciling languages, and many other things. The machines of this world are reconciling the languages. Are you hearing me? Recently, I saw an interesting story of a how these guys are connecting very little computer chips to human brains, whereby men are going to be able to communicate and hear each other without speaking with the mouth. It's not far. So they implant something in the back of a man's head, wire it to certain parts of a man's brain, little small thing, and then, you know, they seal it. And then... They put it in others, 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 others. So you find about 5, 10, 16, 20 people who are able to communicate with each other without speaking directly with their mouth. That means that they have even undermined and found inferior the articulation of our human language. But isn't it so? For when Paul goes to the third heaven, the Bible says he saw things which were not lawful to utter, or the Amplified says, things the human language had no power to put into words. Now, they're discovering that many of our expressions, many of our 
feelings, many of our intonations cannot be put in words for the human language is limited. Why? Because it was as a result of God's decision to stop us, so they are saying, from doing what we wanted to do originally. So what do we do now? Let us create a language, a communication, wherewith we don't need his speech or that speech of men or language for us to be able to communicate. So how do you think that I want food and seven people in the room are able to not only know that you want food, but to even design the exact food that you want just by thought? How will that language look like in the coming years? How will children sit in an interview or an exam? You see what I'm saying? So, I even see they'll get to a point of encrypting them. Now, notwithstanding, there are people in the world who are far from what I'm saying. They are so far. They are so far. They are so far. They are still angry with Jimmy because Jimmy did this to them and Robert did this to them and Rogers did this to me and then Rita and then Agatha also did this. So me, I will do everything to bewitch you. That's where they are. I will kill you. Still going to little shrines to... You understand? That's where they are. So what if they encrypt it? I say, they hide communication outside certain zones and groups. That means 20 or 30 people can be communicating with each other and the rest of the world doesn't know that they're actually talking. That's dangerous for security. Are you hearing me? Because now the way people distribute information and intelligence, it's even going to change. What if somebody hacks into it? and communicate something different from what's supposed to be communicated. Can the world explode under a nuclear bomb? Well, it's hard to imagine. And some of these things seemed far, but now they're here. We're being controlled on social media with algorithm. Now the phone you have in your hand has been programmed and the applications on it to even study what you want and how to get you glued. So you're just watching a YouTube video, you go on your TikTok, you do all these kind of things, and you know the algorithm is following you, it has realized the artificial intelligence, the science in there can think and connect, okay, she likes flowers, he likes cars, you know, she likes uh, cooking channels, he likes this and that, and then you wake up in the morning to a suggestion on a phone, and you're like, how did they know? It's even now diagonizing you. You one time went and searched years ago, on cause of a swelling on the eye. It kept it. The algorithm picked it. It picked all this information. The next thing you know, front page on your Google, eye diseases. You understand what I'm saying? How do they know what I want? And then you start looking at your phone and then you go to another neighbor and what they have on suggestions is different from your suggestions because it has understood you. It's relating with you. They are getting into our heads. They are getting into our hearts. Everything is fake. You understand? People are living very fake lives. Somebody out there has all our information and we don't know who. They know your dates of birth because you took photos that day. Sure, you understand. Somebody has all your information when you're like this. 
But seriously, seriously. Huh? Can you imagine just how much information is online? They have our fingerprints, they have everything. It's somewhere there. Somebody has a control of it. Yeah, and then security, whatever it is. But somebody there has information. Sometimes I think, well, what if this person or these persons one day choose to use it? Because I don't think Satan is just populating this information for nothing. I don't think they're just collecting all our information for nothing. Some of you, your whole life is bare. Even when you have lunch, you'll take a picture. Having lunch with my friends. Walking out of the hotel. In the car now. Like, <laughs> your whole life has been lived before eyes that you don't even know and what they're able to do with your life. What makes you think they're saving it just for nothing? Something is happening in a few years, isn't it? Yeah. The Bible says, he that readeth understands. But back to my born again Christian, who was supposed to have a bigger advantage from those of the world, because much as it is given in the power of man to do anything he imagines by language and speech, we have not explored what that is able to look like and do when you bring it to a man who is connected to God, not born of flesh and blood, not the will of man, but by the spirit. When you're talking to a man who can connect both the physical and the spiritual, a man who has God with him. So when our fathers, the holy apostles, started to see these things, they started to walk with this man because this man came with a message. He came with a message. He came with a message. He came with a message that not only was going to liberate, but was redefining life, restoring that which was lost. And he says in Mark, all things are possible to whosoever believeth. All things are possible. All things are possible unto him that can believe. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Close your eyes from the systems. Close your eyes from your color. Close your eyes from your height. Close your eyes from your competences. Close your eyes from anything that you know would make you come short of the dream that you have in your spirit. Close even your eyes from what you're able to dream and think for a moment the meaning of the word all things are possible. The meaning of possible. One time I was flying through Emirates going for ministry and as it is the way of the Emirates Airlines they usually play a few videos to advertise their world United Arab Emirates and the whole history and right there they put a video of Dubai and then they started to show the things they were building the wonderful skyscrapers the hotels the beaches all these wonderful plantations that they've built in the deserts and then a statement comes through when they said Dubai 
the spirit of possible. They call themselves the spirit of possible. No, they're not speaking in tongues. But they have grasped the spirit of possible. I read the story of um, Al-Maktoum, I think. And one of the employees said, one of those big boys, sheikhs in the Arab world, rich guys, one of the employees said that with him, you cannot say that it's impossible. He doesn't get it. You cannot tell him that this is not possible. Whether it's time-bound or otherwise, you cannot tell him that something is impossible. He can't take it. Yet these are not men with a covenant that I'm speaking about. Something is happening in the church of Jesus Christ. If you are able to listen to me speaking these words and you're still enjoying them and you're not offended, something must be happening. Because it means it's in there. You're connecting to an old language. You're connecting to an old language in spite of what you've gone through. You're connecting to an old language in spite of the pain. You're connecting to an old language in spite of your competences and exposure. You're connecting to a very old language in spite of where you are now. I don't know how many years it will take for the church to finally walk in this sermon. But what I'm speaking is so deep. Because I'm showing you by scripture that empires will break and crumble because a Christian imagined it. Economies will shift because a Christian imagined it. Leadership will change because a Christian imagined it. Science, as we know it, will change because a Christian imagined it. What if the man of the world imagined it? Yes, you have a higher imagination, a higher language, and a higher speech. That is why when we're talking about confession, it's more than just positive confession. Now we're bringing the conversation of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Christ. That's what he prays for the church that the Lord God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being flooded with light that you will truly know. Because if you're not flooded with a certain light, you may assume that you know because your faculty, your mental faculty can connect these things. But it's more than just the connection of your mental faculty is deeper than just the connection of your mental faculty it's that light that must come into everything dark in your imagination in your thought pattern and then God starts to rebuild it the way it's supposed to be rebuilt he came to seek and save that which was lost the church 
is supposed to be the biggest entity on the face of the earth. Nobody, nobody in the other world or the other realm was meant to come any close to where we're supposed to. It doesn't matter where we are. We know more. We have more. He said, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. That is speech. That is language. But I hope you understand that you don't end with what you decreed because he said it only, but because you have the understanding both of the language and the power that he has given you in imagination, above all, in the nature that you have as a child of God. It says, for if any man be in Christ is a new creation, behold, the old is past and now the new. And all things are become of God. All things are of God. What you are able to do, I have no language to. That is why we speak in tongues. Because the normal language or normal speech, the languages of men would limit us to worship this infinite God. And so he gave you a tongue. And he says, speak mysteries to me. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, the Bible says, speaks mysteries. In the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. When I started to understand these things, I started to live and think and see different. I'm on my journey. I'm on my journey. I'm on my journey. But I started it long ago. And I have seen things listen to me. I've seen things respond to me. I remember one overnight in my university days were from an overnight and just next to the dormitories where I used to live, there was a tree. And on that tree, there stood a madman who used to come every night and stand before that tree. He used to stand before that tree. And somebody told me that the witchcraft done on that man was connected to that tree. Witchcraft under that tree and many things done. It was a place of demonic worship. And I remember one overnight, I walked to that tree in this consciousness and I looked at it 6 a.m. and I said, I know you hear me very well because I have dominion over you. I told it fall and I walked away. I think it was two days later. It was a fresh green tree. That tree fell on its own. Nobody pushed it down. Nobody cut it. I just remember one of my friends coming. Hey, remember the tree? Remember the tree? Look what happened. It's down totally. Green tree, strong. Many years old. It was a huge tree this size. Went down. And I said, now, for the guy then, who had just started to connect into these spaces, God was showing me that you actually have power over these things and they hear you. It's many years ago. But by wisdom, you learn to direct that power where the glory of God will be revealed and the kingdom is expanded. 
and we are praying. We're directing that power to the sick and they're getting healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We're directing that power on the media for you to watch every day and listening and learn and over the years be transformed by the renewal of your mind to know that good, the acceptable and perfect will of God concerning your lives. We're using that power to love men unconditionally. We're using that power to feed the hungry and the homeless, to go to prisons. Some people don't know what it takes to be in prison ministry for years. We're in prison every week of our lives now as a ministry. We're diverting that power to the orphan and the widow. We're directing that power to the lost. Somebody tells you, ever since I connected to Fenero, my life changed. And you might not have a clue what they mean. But only they know that it took more than just common sense for them to turn their lives around. They knew what to do, but they did not have the power to do. Are you hearing me? But we are creating an army somewhere. Our children are seeing and observing us. They are seeing these things. They're seeing how we are walking with God. They're seeing how we are preaching the message and how we are believing Him. Have we not seen cancers heal in this ministry? Stage four. Have we not seen HIV heal? Have we not seen the dead raised? Have we not seen the blind see or the deaf hear? Have we not seen the impossible, the barren giving birth? Have we not seen the impossible? We continue to see the impossible every other day. And yet it's just the beginning. I'm putting it in some politician's head one day and they'll see what they'll do to this nation and the world. I'm putting it in some engineer's mind. I'm putting it in some pilot's mind. I'm putting it in some doctor's mind. I'm putting it in some sales representative's mind or business analyst's mind. I'm putting it in some social worker's mind. We're trying to get this thing until we are there. I'm putting it in a worshiper's mind. An intercessor's mind. I'm putting it in a prophet's mind, in an apostle's mind. I'm putting it in a pastor's mind. We are on a journey. But believe me, something big is happening in the church already. If you can listen to this and say amen. If you can agree with me. Then that means we are awakened. Awake or sleeper, the Bible says. That Christ might shine. That he might live through you. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are awakened to the reality of his power and his love. For the Bible says that all things are reproved and made manifest by light. And the Bible says he is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into this world. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. What is the name for Nero? Make manifest. That's the spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is too big. This is older. 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 Way older than you. It is bigger than you. And humanity has evolved over the years. Genes passed on to others. And men creating wiser men. Because it is how he has blessed the way of life. And men to be. But that has to be for the church also. Our children's children's children should know way more than we knew and we will know. So when he's coming back for a church that is without spot nor wrinkle, know any such thing, 
He's talking about men and women who are perfected in the will and purposes of God, who are aligned to truth. And nothing in them is broken or missing because they have understood the great exchange. The great exchange. For their poverty, he became poor. For their sickness, he was wounded and bruised. For their iniquities, they will know who they are. They will understand what they are supposed to do. And they will shake this world to the core. And the Bible says this signifies that the shaking of things that must be shaken, that the things that should remain will remain. And much as the shaking is coming, we are among the things that remain. Fanera is not going anywhere. Uh-uh. We're not going anywhere. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Because we're not doing this under our own wisdom and might and power. We're doing this under the wisdom and might and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what God has given man, and now in the new creature, the new creation, who you are, that means you have double both what man has and what God has in him. Let's change the world. Let's change the world. Let's change the world. Let's change the world. Somebody raise your voice. Come on, let's pray. Come on, speak in other tongues. Come on, Masha Barade, Brando Zoko Shira Barade, Cobra Rako Sakata Maricabaron Daraba, Kejara Balalilimbo, Zana Lilibo, Sabra Deco, Sarara Barade, Oh Sarabadi, be thou my vision. O oh Lord of my heart, Lord, be all else to me, save that thou
Father, we thank you because your word has changed us tonight. Miracles are happening in your body, in your life, in your spirit. Our lives cannot remain the same again. And this is our heart's cry that God do it. Do it. Do it. Reconcile our minds to divine imagination, our language and speech to be one that we will do the impossible for you. For you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to repeat these words after me. Of course, the Bible is clear. There is no name given among men wherewith they must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. It's not there in heaven, under heaven, or under the earth. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. The Bible says that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth His Lordship, you are born again. So, repeat this just after me. Say, Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe He died my sins and was raised for my glory. I believe him tonight as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041 466 4291 or email us at at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.